Bringing you the top stories from Bonners Ferry to St. Mary's and everywhere in between, this is the North Idaho PrepCast with Ryan Skaggs. That's right. Another edition of the North Idaho PrepCast, your weekly breakdown of everything districts one and two in the state of Idaho. Brandon Bainey with Ryan Skaggs. Uh, we joked about how we've all kind of been on spring break lately, but you are actually on spring break yeah. this week, Ryan. Yeah, we are on spring break. Got a suntan this weekend, too, of all things. So we actually had that bright, shiny thing in the sky show up for a few days until today. But yeah. You, you've got a suntan and a sun at home, right? Because of yeah, the yeah, suntan and a sun at home. <laughs> yeah, uh, lots of lots of Lego breaks and going to the park. So it's been it's been fun though. Awesome. Well, we appreciate you uh, taking some time because I know your time is uh, limited this week. So we appreciate you <laughs> uh, making the time for us here on the North Idaho Prepcast. I know the fans appreciate it as well. So thank for you. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, uh, there was a lot going on uh, for for teams up north last week. Uh, Baseball and softball went down to Boise to compete. Uh, Tennis got going. But I think the biggest story uh, has to be on the track. So two weeks ago, we talked about uh, Sammy Wood from Post Falls setting a a couple of new school records in the mile and the two mile. And we have more North Idaho athletes breaking school records in, in track and field just from last week. Yeah, and Samantha Wood keep, continues to add on to those too. So she's not done yet. So kind of, you know, everything's penciled in right now. You got the Ticonderoga out that, you know, you can't you can't put anything in ink with her because she's still uh, cruising. But yeah, Rusty Lee from Sandpoint broke the school record uh, at the Bonners Ferry inviting the 300 hurdles. Uh, ran a time of 39.73. Um, so congrats to him. That was a, a great. A great uh, event for him, and I know that his coach was saying that he had been targeting that that record since last year, and he's been darn close, and finally was able to to get over the hump and and get that time in. And um, as the weather warms up, too, I would see that he would continue to shave some more time off of that, um, especially as he continues to to hone his ability in that event because he's you know one of the one of the best in the area. Um, Will Hurst in that same meet also won the shot and disc for Sandpoint, so that was um, something of note. Um, Dalton wild from post falls though, uh, broke a 30 plus year old school record at post falls, um, in the hundred meter dash, he ran a time of 11.03, uh, last week in their, in their tri meet with Lakeland and Moscow. And to kind of bring some levity to that heat, um, you had wild running an 11.03, then the second place guy ran 11.2 and uh, 11.23. And then third place time was 11.29, uh, which was Dylan Wolf. So those those heat times are absolutely blistering fast. And that's, you know, you still you're missing the Lakeland guys that are all running sub 11 four as well. So um, that that heat alone was just crazy fast. But Dalton Wild breaking that school record of that was, I think, 36 years old um, was a, a pretty big feat by him. That is so awesome. Uh, Rusty Lee, his time in the 300 meter hurdles right now is the best in the state, regardless of classification. Sweet. Yeah. And that's, that's huge. That's awesome. Uh, you know, so, adult, Oh, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, yeah. I mean, you find these, these kids are finding their niche events and um, just absolutely flourishing. And it's awesome to see the kids from the North being able to, to, to gain some ground per se, no pun intended, but uh, <laughs> on their competition, they're, they're doing an awesome job and they're going to keep adding to it. Yeah. And for Dalton wild in, in the 100, uh, right now, the top time in the state belongs to Gatlin bear of Kimberly, which probably surprises absolutely nobody. He he's yeah. already run a 1080 in the hundred. That's so crazy. 
Yeah, I ran in, I mean, not to date myself, but in high school, I was super stoked. I ran an 11-4 in the 100 in my heat, and the winner of my heat was Anthony Buchanan from University of High School in Spokane, uh, who ran track at Washington State, but he had a winning time of 10.57. <laughs> so I thought I did really well, and there was there was four guys in that heat that all went sub-11, and uh, I was like, ninth in that heat and at 11 four and i'm like i was super stoked and i like saw everybody i'm like well there's a lot of people in front of me <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy yeah uh for for dalton wild his 100 time right now it is third best in 5a uh mason lawyer of boise is running 1089 and jacob webster of centennial is running 1098 i would say that they've had much more favorable weather down in the boise area uh, than up north. And I, yeah. I would expect uh, that to be a pretty competitive event when we get to state. Uh, yeah, it's it's going to be, be a lot of fun. going to be fun to see because you got some you got some absolute speedsters. And, you know, you look at other guys, that, that four-by-one team of sample, of, uh, sorry, of Post Falls is really good too um, when you throw in Dylan Wolf on that team as well. Um, there's, there's some guys that they're going to be able to shave, you know, some significant time off of their uh, – their event so it'll be it'll be interesting to see what what post falls can do in the sprint events and Coeur d'Alene on the girls side too um just one time of note uh Maricela Nelson of Coeur d'Alene ran the 100 at 12.96 and she's just a freshman um so a, a another quick time out there uh Emily Collins of Lewiston ran the 400 at 57.96 and Zoe Kissinger of Lewiston threw the disc at 114.3 all PRs um for those individuals so pretty cool to see um things as the temperature rises here in north idaho and the weather becomes more favorable we're seeing those times continue to tick down which is great yeah we talked about the statewide leaders rusty lee leading the entire state in the 300 hurdles uh, other boys from up north both of post falls relays the four by one and the four by two have the best times in the state right now and you mentioned that that four by one for post falls caleb streeter dylan wolf sheldon pine and then Dalton Wild, the anchor, and then the four by two relay is Sheldon Pie, Dalton Wild, Dylan Wolf, and then Chase Berg. On yeah, anchor. he's pretty. Chase awesome. Berg is the unsung guy because he's a jumper too, and he's been tearing it up. Uh, he went forty three two and a half in the in the triple jump this week, and Caleb Skinner of Moscow threw out a jump of forty three nine. So um, there's some guys out there that are that are absolutely just ripping up. But Chase Berg's another guy to keep an eye on. A lot of people forget because he does a couple field events. He doesn't do as many of the sprint events, and so he kind of sneaks in there, and he's just as fast as any of the other guys. Yeah, so both of Post Falls' short relay teams have the best times in the state right now, and then also on the boys' side, Thor Kessinger of Lewiston has the best discus throw, 155.8, which is pretty uh, awesome as well. You talked about on the girls' side from Lewiston, Emily Collins, her 400 time of 5796 is the best in the state and her 200 time of 2597 is also the best time in the state right now yeah. and then Samantha Wood has the best times in the 8 16 and 3200 for post falls she's just dominating those distance races yeah it's it's crazy to see what she's doing and you talk about dominance you know and i know that the north idaho uh, Hall of Fame sports awards were being, you know, the nominations are coming out there. And, you know, what Samantha's doing, in my mind, you know, it should be of, of pretty substantial note, just the sheer dominance that's going on there um, with what she's doing. There, there needs to be a little bit. I know she's getting some more recognition I've seen on Twitter, um, but what she's doing is, is pretty crazy. And um, 
you know, we haven't seen an athlete, I think, of this le- at the high school level have this level of dominance in a while. Yeah, it's it's been really fun to watch. Um, and then the last state leader from up north is Lewiston's four by four hundred meter relay. Emily Collins runs the anchor leg on that, but she's joined by Rayleigh Beeler, uh, Annika Uren, and Damaris Stuffel. So yeah, that team's uh, quick. That, that Lewiston girls team's super fast in that four by four. Um, you know, and then we saw another one. Jack Kluwer of uh, Coeur d'Alene improved his his high jump to six foot one over the weekend. So we're seeing some of these, these heights come up. I know that, you know, we're looking at pole vaults too out there that there's a few guys that are, that are sniffing around the 13 and a half to 14 foot mark. So, um, you know, we're, we're getting better times and better, uh, better measurements and, and given events. So it'll be, it'll be cool to see. I mean, as the season goes, we're still early in the year. I mean, we haven't left the month of March yet. So, so we hit April and, and early May, it's going to be cool to see what, what happens as we approach state. Definitely. And we'll keep an eye on those track and field athletes as the season goes along. Let's switch to baseball where, you know, in the early going up, up in the five, AIEL, you know, Lewiston and Coeur d'Alene look like the, the two best teams, uh, Lewiston off to a seven and one start. They're two and oh, in the conference, uh, with, with a sweep of Coeur d'Alene, uh, last Saturday or actually two Saturdays ago. Yeah. Um, they are ranked in the coaches poll this week, but, but Coeur d'Alene, you know, despite that 0 2 start, you know, they're, they're quietly five and three. And I think they turned some heads last week. Yeah. I mean, they went four and O down at Boise and getting a big win over Rocky mountain and Madison, uh, where Ryan Schneider in that win struck out 13 tossing only one hitter against Rocky mountain, which is a really good hitting team. Um, so the Vikings are, are getting hot and, uh, you know, especially if they're bullpens, you know, their arms are able to toss some one hitters out there and, um, you know, fan 13 in a ball game against another pretty solid 5A opponent. Uh, that's going to bode well as they approach the uh, the postseason, you know, because, you know, the, the the downside we saw it last year, too, is how, you know, they sneak in finishing third in the league and they sneak in and get the the regional bid to state did the Vikings where in post falls and Lewiston finished ahead of them and didn't go to state. The same thing could happen this year. I mean, post falls is loaded too. You've got some studs in their lineup and, and, you know, Coeur d'Alene obviously has, um, you know, a couple guys out there. Schneider, obviously the commit to Belmont. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what, what the Vikings can do, but I like the, I still like the Bengals too. That's a team that's a stacked of a bunch of those kids that went to the little league, um, I think the regional playoff down at San Bernardino and finished in a runner up role. Um, so there's a bunch of those kids that are on the team. I know Coeur has got a few that went to the um, little league world series or well, the little league regional playoff too. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see between the, the Vikings and the Bengals, who's going to kind of run the mantle there, but don't be surprised if you see post falls come out, of, you know, come out of the blocks late and uh, make a run at things. Yeah. And it's hard to get a read on post falls right now, just because they, they haven't, played as many games as everybody yeah. else they were they were supposed to play moscow in a conference doubleheader that got wiped out um boy the the baseball schedules this year are really stacked for those 4a teams where uh they get to host all the 5a schools uh, in that combined inland empire league as conference doubleheaders so like you look at lakeland's baseball schedule it's like 95% of it is home games because they get yeah. most all these, you know, I think they go on the road like twice or something like that. So these five A's are probably like, 
Oh, yeah. We don't really want to travel to these 4A schools, but we'll do it, I guess. Yeah, they're going to get to know their bus driver pretty well this year. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So, yeah, Post Falls got their doubleheader at Moscow uh, wiped out. So they just haven't played as many games. And, boy, Coeur d'Alene, Coach Eric Carnes is so underrated, I think. He, yeah. he generally, at least from what I've observed, um, has the ability to – really improve his team as the season goes along players that are b's and c's at the season start are a and b players by the end yeah. of the season so absolutely and you look at the four a's this year too i mean moscow was was right in the midst of being competitive last year in the 5a 4a combined um you know i see moscow being right there again I, I think that that lineup they've got they added some players um there's a freshman player to keep an eye on not just because i'm related to him uh, but wyatt hardig he's a freshman pitcher uh he also plays in the infield he can play some outfield too but he can rake he can hit too and um does a great job for the bears and so it'll be interesting to see that what what moscow's able to put together at the four ranks i think they can make a run at some hardware at state um it'll be interesting to see i think that that they're my favorite right now coming out of the IEL on the 4A side. Um, Sandpoint had it, and I wanted to share this stat because it was pretty interesting. Zach, Jack Zimmerman yesterday, um, Sandpoint swept Bonners Ferry 9-2 and 6-5. In the second game of the doubleheader, Jack Zimmerman in the bottom of the fifth inning singled. He proceeded to steal second, steal third, and stole home. <laughs> all in one trip around the bases or separate? All, all in one trip around, yeah. Oh, so. my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Granted, he got home on a passed ball, but still, the yeah, the, I mean, the fact that he's able to do that on the base running was pretty impressive from Jackson Ruman from Sandpoint. So that was a pretty cool stat that I saw that that popped out as I was reading through things and and saw that that you don't see that every day where you get a single and you get a trip around the bases just based on uh, your own will. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's that's Jackie Robinson type stuff there. Yes, yeah. that's, that's crazy. Um, well, we had a lot of softball action from this past week as well. Uh, we had uh, more more so for like the 3A, 2A programs up north. Yeah. And, you know, St. Mary's, I, I said in the preseason, and I wrote that huge softball preview uh, for, for our site, IdahoSports.com, which, by the way, all of our spring sports previews are still up there, baseball, softball, tennis, track, and lacrosse. Uh, but, but I said for St. Mary's, they're very underrated. They've got, I think, one of, if not the best pitchers in the entire 2A classification in Tacey Watkins. They got the state last year, and what was their reward for winning the district? They had to play Malad, the eventual state champs, right away in the first round. Um, and from there, they rallied all the way back to, to finish in fourth place. Um, so I, I really think St. Mary's is a team that's got a lot of potential this year. Well, yeah, and as it stands right now, the Lumberjacks softball team is outscoring their football program. Um, <laughs> they put up scores. They swept Bonner's Ferry over the weekend, 32-3 to and 39-6. to um, Just, I mean, ridiculous scores that you see coming out. And uh, Tacey Watkins, who you mentioned, uh, she fanned 13 in a one-hitter in the first game. Um, then proceeded in both the games to go eight for 11 with a home run, nine RBIs and 10 runs scored between the two games. I mean, yeah, good golly. That's, that's a crazy gaudy stat line that just like is unbelievable that you see. And I don't care who you're playing, like to be able to pull those numbers is, is crazy. And, uh, so yeah, St. Mary's right now, they're my favorite of the two A ranks that, um, coming out of the North, 
we'll see if they can and you know I don't know what what Malad's like again this year but you know I know there's some other competitive teams down there on the on the Snake River plane that they'll you know make a run but you know that St. Mary softball team they're they're hungry and they're putting up runs at an absolutely breakneck pace yeah, I'd, I'd put St. Mary's up there with, with anybody, no doubt yep. about it. Uh, Offensively, no, they can they can absolutely rake with anyone. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, M- Malad uh, lost quite a bit to graduation, and um, I think pr- like maybe like West Jefferson, maybe from yeah. District Six, looks pretty strong early on. But anyways, we can we can talk about that further down the road. Uh, <laughs> I I did want to mention, you know, Bonners Ferry. It, it, you look at those scores and you go, oh man. Like Bonner's Ferry must be struck. Like Bonner's Ferry's is a good 3A program. I yeah. think that just speaks to how dominant St. Mary's could be this year. Bonner's Ferry has a second year coach, Cassie Skeen, and, and she is like young. She she played for Bonner's Ferry and won a state title in 2017. So what was yeah. that, five years ago? So she she is a very young coach, took over her alma mater last year and is bringing that competitive nature back to Bonner's Ferry. So she's got the experience of winning a state title as a player, trying to do the same as a coach. And, um, of course, Timberlake is the big team in 3A that you have to knock off up there. But uh, Bonner's Ferry is trending in the right direction as well. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, and like you said, I mean, beating a team that still has the pedigree that Bonner's Ferry does of having a state championship within the last, you know, five years, and then you you walk in the doors of 2A and – absolutely blow the doors off of them screams that this this saint mary's team is built a little bit different which is cool to see definitely um and then before we get out of here too we we did want to touch on just a little bit of tennis action we had kind of our first big to me the the first big duel of the season uh, yep. between standpoint and moscow yeah standpoint walked into that that match and they actually had a they were without one of their their players and so they tweaked the lineup a little bit and uh, move their number one singles player into the number one doubles team. And uh, they actually, the duo, ended up getting a really nice victory. Um, Sandpoint of winning the duel, actually 9-3 to three overall, but they only dropped the number one boys singles match, and then they dropped um, the two mixed doubles matches, and that was their only losses in the duel. So pretty dominating um, statement from, from the Sandpoint Tennis Club because they, they, they're a good team anyways, but Moscow's no slouch either up north. Um, both coaches do a great job. And so it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, Sandpoint takes on Lakeland here in a couple of weeks and, um, you start, you know, they, they played post falls really tough too, and, and you got to win there in a close duel. And so it'll be interesting to see what happens, you know, this 5A, 4A schedule kind of moving on. And then you get the Inland Empire tournament that happens up here. There's like 52 schools present and, um, seeing if Sandpoint can get a couple medalists out there would be pretty, pretty neat. Yeah, Sandpoint to me is still the favorite up there. Uh, last year when we were doing the IdahoSports.com prep cast, before we had it regionalized, I just one week had Sandpoint tennis coach Ken Anderson on to talk he's about He's such a nice guy. Oh, he he's is. A nice guy. He, he's awesome. And he he told me that, hey, you know, we, we juggled the lineup a lot during the regular season. You know, a kid that's playing singles one week might be playing mixed doubles the next week. We, yep. We're constantly moving guys and gals around until we find the right place for him. So that yeah. doesn't surprise me to hear that they shuffled the lineup around a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's, he's a, he's a, a chef. He kind of like adds a little bit of this kind of find tries to find the right seasoning and <laughs> ends up getting it to work out, which is Kent's a great guy. It's funny. Cause I mean, I coached at Lakeland. It was like, 
you know, Sandpoint was so good. You wanted to not like him, but he was such a likable person. It was so hard to like get mad when they beat you. Cause he's such a nice guy. Um, but yeah, no, he's doing a great job with that program and he consistently has them, you know, at the top here in North Idaho with, along with, you know, the likes of Lewiston and, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how, how they can, if they can finally break the hump and bring home some hardware from state this year, it'll be interesting. Cause I know he's got a deep lineup. He's got a lot of youth on that team that he's been coaching for a long time. Um, they're starting to show up in the program and, and we'll see if they can make a run, but um, just as young as they are, but they're talented. That's the, the scary part about this team is they're going to be good for the next two, three, four years. For sure. And if you want to uh, watch uh, or listen to that interview uh, that I did with Kent Anderson last uh, spring, uh, just type in Kent Anderson Sandpoint Tennis into Google and it's like the second result that pops up. It's it's the YouTube video of the interview we did with him. So I uh, had a lot of fun doing that. So yeah, hey, things are really starting to pick up. I don't know that there's going to be much to talk about next week, Ryan, because all of the schools up north are on spring break and nobody is competing in like anything yeah. across the board so yeah i saw i saw pretty much half the the baseball team at the park yesterday so <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I went to the i went to like lake city and played some tennis with my kid the other day and there was like three kids you know hitting bp and that was about it you know chasing their own shagging their own balls so it was yeah there's not a lot going on here this week <laughs> so here here's my here's my thought and uh we didn't discuss this at all before we started recording so this is a real-time production discussion you guys are getting a behind the scenes look <laughs> you you've been uh asking me for a couple of weeks now ryan hey can we talk about this state basketball issue of trying to get more teams to state and more representation and uh expanding the playoffs and i said yeah off season off season i keep pushing it off well next week with nothing going on in terms like literally nothing in terms of spring sports this might be the perfect time to Sweet. talk not, about them. and i'm not a huge advocate for adding more i, I don't want to give away my argument but <laughs> yeah no uh i'm gonna go outside the box and so I, i'm looking forward to having that conversation because i'm not gonna spoil too much but yeah. Do I think there needs to be changes? Yeah, absolutely. But do I think that it needs to be expanding the tournament to 16 teams? No. Um, there's some easy fixes that we can do to try to address some of the issues, even with just keeping the numbers at eight. Um, that I think that there's a way of going about that in the right way. Um, but the state needs to take a look at a few things to, to level the playing field, um, which I'm yeah looking forward to having that conversation. I was reminded of this when I saw on social media um... – someone who is very uh, passionate about expanding the playoffs <laughs> on, on Twitter um, sent out a tweet saying, Hey, look, North Carolina and Duke, two teams from the same conference in the final four. Let's expand those playoffs so we could get the same thing at state. And uh, that's what made me think of it. But that, that yeah. was like, no, and I responded to that too. And I was like, those two are not the, like, how are you? two blue bloods and you're surprised they're in the elite like come on like they're not the same <laughs> well and you know not to get too deep into the weeds here but i mean they're coming from a 15 team conference and this particular person is at a school that's in a three team conference three. yes a little different for There's sure an easy fix and it's something that and i don't want to mirror after other states but i always bring in the argument because i did coach in the state of washington there's a few things that they changed that they did that i think idaho could pick up especially because you don't have the number of teams in the conference like the conferences don't have 10 teams so what you can do is yeah that it's an argument i'll have next week but yeah for sure and uh, one last thing uh you know and then i saw a tweet from this same guy after talking about carolina and duke that said like good riddance saint peter's 
And I was like, whoa. See, that's like proof that your argument would work. If any of the teams prove anything, St. Peter's would have been the one to stand behind. But okay, whatever. Well, and like, (laughs) how can you say that? That was that was like by far the best story. That's the best run of any double digit seed ever. Like you look at who they beat and their RPI and everything that was involved. That was the most improbable run we might have seen in the tournament. Maybe ever. I don't know. But I mean, at least top three. Good Renan Saint. Maybe he's a Kentucky fan. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways. Sour grapes. Yeah. yeah, for sure. All right. Bitter, we will bitter biscuits. Yeah. Bitter biscuits. <laughs> That's right. We will have our state basketball think tank next week. Uh, because everybody will be on spring break for spring sports. And then uh, in two weeks, we'll get back into the spring sports flow. But I'm, I'm excited for our talk next week, Ryan. I think that's going to be a I lot mean, of fun. I don't think it's just basketball because I think it, it, it'll it go across, I think, all sports. It'll approach football and volleyball especially too. Um, so, yeah, it's not just basketball, but that's where we see the hugest argument. Um, but I think it helps even spring sports too. So it's it's a, it's an argument worth having. All right. Well, we'll we'll, uh, we'll table the discussion for next week Perfect. until until then. Enjoy spring break up north, everybody, and enjoy the weather. Don't forget to put on your sunscreen. I made that mistake last week. Uh, it's just finally going away. It's hard to tell uh, in the lighting, but like one half of my face got sunburned, and so nice. I looked like I got two like the nice little raccoon lines going already. So yeah, for sure. So uh, all right. Well, for Ryan Skaggs, I'm Brandon Bainey, and we'll see you next time on the North Idaho Prepcast on IdahoSports.com.